Thoughts Comics Now. This issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by the Nightshade Comics title Blood and Dust, Glenny Family Values, issue number one, volume two. This is the second volume in the series. It comes out October 1st on Kickstarter. You gotta go grab Blood and Dust, volume one. It's a six-issue miniseries about one man's fight to protect not only his vampire family and their secret, but a man who is protecting an entire town against an evil that is almost identical to the spirit that possesses him. Blood and Dust is created and written by Michael R. Martin and Adam J. Orndorff. Art by Tone Rodriguez, beautiful stuff. Colors by Raymond Lee. Check out Blood and Dust on Facebook.com slash Blood and Dust Comic. Twitter, at Blood and Dust. And you can buy Volume 1 and so much more on their website, nightshadecomics.storemby.com. We'll also be giving away an autographed copy of Blood and Dust Volume 1 right here on a future Sunspots Comics podcast, so stay tuned for details on that. But thank you again to Nightshade Comics titled Blood and Dust. Hello, hi, everybody. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 126, covering the new comic books that came out just this last Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, September 27th. And this particular podcast always puts butter on its Pop-Tarts. It's so friggin' good. I am your comic book-loving host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope that you and all of your loved ones are doing well. I am very sore from lifting a lot of heavy stuff. Don't lift heavy stuff. <laughs> so right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, using 1100 years of comic book reading experience, I present in my own unique, positively charged way, I recommend, review, and discuss my favorite comic book picks of the best new comic books that just came out this week. So new stuff is the focus, but we also talk about some other fun nerdy stuff. Please tell a nerd loved one and never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast by just subscribing to it. And please follow us along on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, and YouTube, all at one easy-to-find place, at Sunspots Comics. And some quick thank yous. Always gotta give the thank yous. First, to the dude doing our Sunspots Comics theme song, Nick Papa George. Thank you for it. We love it. Just follow him. Check out this amazing musician at facebook.com slash Music. Also, thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori on his, his work that he's just putting all of his heart and soul into it on his brand new Sunspots Comics spinoff podcast called Sunspots Scene. It is uh, episode seven is coming up very soon that we're going to be posting. It's my son, Jables, his two friends, Moises and Matt. They call themselves the Kung Pao Three. I love that Chinese dish, one of my favorites. And the name of that, these three dudes, is pretty cool. They talk about movies, TV shows, of all genres, not just comic books. So if you love movies, uh, you love just some dudes having fun, they also play kind of a, like a hilarious game at the end, uh, check out Sunspot's Scene. The podcast is great. Just If you want to just hear about the latest stuff in movies and, uh, and have a chuckle or two, Sunspot's Scene is definitely for you. So check it out. Their Instagram is at SunspotScene, and if you're already subscribed to Sunspots Comics, you will get it automatically in the feed. It's already there. Or if you go to SoundCloud, just search SunspotScene, and you'll find it there. Couple of thank yous. Couple of three thank yous. First, to friend of the show, podcast listener, my friend Michael Norris. He sent me a bunch of DVDs. Yes, they still make those, or have them out there. 
He sent me a pile of them, and I just wanted to say super thanks. He sent me season one of the 70s classic, sometimes secretary, but full-time hero, Wonder Woman. <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's right on the DVD case. He also sent me both Hulk movies from the 70s, starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. One's called The Trial of the Incredible Hulk and The Return of the Incredible Hulk. And they're just, uh, you know, can't be fun. Insanity. I love it. And he also sent me the entire series of the original Tick TV show from 2001, starring Patrick Warburton. So thank you, Michael Norris, for sending it out. I, I, it's just made my day. I'm going to watch them all. I'm just going to binge like crazy. These old shows, uh, I guess... 80% of them are from the 70s, and then 2001, The Tick, but love it. Lots of just superhero stuff to chew on. So thank you, Michael Norris, for sending those to me. Also, thank you and shout out to MellyB08, podcast listener. You uh, gave a just a, a beautiful, some beautiful kind words about the Sunspots Comics podcast on iTunes and gave us five stars. So seriously, seriously, thank you for the kind words. I have to read it. She wrote, I love the Sunspots Comics podcast. It's very well organized, and the brief descriptions of the comics gives you just the right information. Keeps you wondering and wanting to know more. Awesome job. So, it means so much to me. Just pounded on my chest like Celine Dion. Thank you so much, MillieB08. You have just fueled my nerd heart, and that also just fuels my nerd vessels. So, without all that... Uh, this wouldn't be possible. Thank you. I'm just so much obliged and much appreciated. Thank you, Melly B. 8 for the kind words on iTunes. And right now, I'm actually going to announce the winner of our free comic book giveaway of Blood and Dust Volume 1, autographed by the writer-creator Michael R. Martin, who I'm also going to be interviewing very soon here on the podcast. I'm going to play it for you. But I just wanted to let you know I stuck everyone's names in a hat, and I pulled out a random winner. Also, thank you to everyone that entered in, that put in their little entries on social media and emailing me, etc. I just wanted to know what your favorite vampire something was, whether it's a comic book or movie or book or anything. And I got a ton of entries, so thank you all for entering in this contest. It really uh, humbled me to see how many people actually uh, threw in their entries. So, I appreciate your time. And so, here I go now. I'm going to pick the winner and pull it out of the magic hat here. And I already did it, but anyway, um, the winner of Blood and Dust Volume 1, the entire 96-page copy of this, autographed by the creator Michael R. Martin, is Rich Lozano. Hey, Rich! Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for following us on all the social media. Uh, you can find him at TurnerFan77 on Instagram. He wrote in that his favorite vampire is the Vampire Lestat from the Anne Rice novels, and he loves that particular character Lestat for his unparalleled level of arrogance which I completely agree with it's just it's just astounding how arrogant this this vampire Lestat is so great pick I totally agree on vampire Lestat one of my favorites so Rich you win the autographed copy the 96 page copy of Blood and Dust volume 1 which collects the issues 1 through 3 of the life and death of Judd Glennie. So congratulations. I will reach out to you to get your address so we can mail out to you your prize. But seriously, thank you everyone for your support and for your entries and for following us on everything at Sunspots Comics. But man, you're going to love it, Rich. Blood and Dust Volume 1. I reread it this weekend. And when you get it, when it arrives, I'm going to mail it to you via snail mail. Post it on social media. 
just shout us out here at Sunspots Comics and to Blood and Dust, uh, the writer Michael R. Martin. You can follow him at michael.r.martin on Instagram. But congratulations, Rich, and thank you, everybody, again. I will be sending out and mailing your Blood and Dust Volume 1 autographed to you very soon. And also, just in the vein of giving things away, it is free comic book time. Yes, I'm going to give out... A free digital copy of Nick Fury, issue number six from Marvel Comics, written by James Robinson. Stunning, delicious art by Akko. I don't know if Akko's a male or a female, but thank you, Akko. Your art's stunning. Also, amazing colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. I mean, this is all together an Eisner-worthy team here, folks. You gotta go check out Nick Fury. Each and every issue is like a one-shot, so you don't have to really worry about continuity and anything that happened in the past. It's just action-packed. It's non-stop. It's espionage fun. It also, this particular uh, free comic I'm giving out comes with a bonus issue of the first uh, issue from Volume 5 of the Wolverine Old Man Logan. So to win this uh, digital comic, these two digital, digital comics, all you have to do is be the first person to grab this digital code that I'm about to read. Just go over to marvel.com redeem and punch it in to see if you won. It's that easy. Just a little something back to you for listening, so thank you so much. So here we go. The digital comic book code is... Listen carefully. Here it comes. F is in Frank, C is in Charlie, M is in Mary, S is in Sam, Q is in Queen, N is in Nancy, 3, 2, U is in Under, I is in Indigo, 2, G. So there you go. This code expires September 1st, 2018. There are some other podcasts with some unclaimed free comics there, folks. Go check them out. But Nick Fury issue number 6 is free, plus it comes with that first issue of the Volume 5 of Wolverine, Old Man Logan. Both to you for free, just grabbing that code. Nick Fury, by the way, made the... I'll oh, just a little sneak peek. It made the, the special, the greatest pick of the, week, of the week list. So it's that good. So uh, go grab it. Good luck. I hope you enjoy a little something from me right here at Sunspots Comics as a thank you for listening. So now, let's get into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 126. Starting out with some stuff. Floating around in my nerd brain. The first negative nerd that's lodged deeply within the lobes of my brain is some comic book movie and TV news. Deadline Hollywood reports that the Sci-Fi Network has ordered a pilot for the image comic book Deadly Class. I'm so excited about this. The comic book based on this uh, this drama that they're, I guess it's going to be kind of a action-packed drama will be executive produced by the Russo brothers. Yes, the Russo brothers. Uh, Sci-fi This is is picked a great team here. They've got the dream team together. I mean, the comic's written by Rick Remender and art by Wes Craig. And the Russo brothers, executive producing. I mean, they did the Captain America series, the Avenger movies. I super duper hope that the pilot is amazing and that it gets picked up immediately. But coming to Sci-Fi Network very soon is a pilot TV show from Deadly Class. It's like this young group of... It's a high school assassin school is the best way to describe it. And all the messed up debauchery that goes with that. That is deadly class. But very cool that the Sci-Fi Network's picked up a pilot at least. So we hope we get to see it. I know some pilots don't get to our eyeballs. But I hope this one does. Super, super hope. So thumbs up. And that closes uh, quickly the comic book movie and TV news section. Back into the next thing on my nerd brain is the Image Plus Magazine Volume 2, Issue 2 just came out. And man, it is... 80 plus pages this time. So this is by far the biggest Image Plus magazine. You gotta get this. It's super good. If you like even one Image comic, you should grab this $2 magazine that comes out. Or it's free. 
if you get the gigantic previews magazine of all the Diamond comic books coming out. But right off the bat, right in the first, behind the, the cover page is a letter from the editor, if you will, that's describing that there was a Extreme Studios TV show back in the 90s that was maybe on for a day or something, or maybe it was just a trailer, I'm not sure. This could just very well be satirizing. In uh, Extreme Studios Image Comic TV show, but they believe, or they make believe, I'm not really sure, that it actually exists out there, and they're kind of asking fans that if it's real, to let them know so they can see it. And uh, I hope it's real. Um, they describe four or five things that happens on this Extreme Studios show um, that seem to be real. Even A.C. Slater from Saved by the Bell hosts the segment. <laughs> it's funny they call him that, and not his actual name, but... I hope it's real. Uh, if not, it's just kind of a fun, interesting little in-comic-book form uh, teaser as to maybe something that would have been really fun if it happened. But if it did happen, very cool. And I hope to see that. Because it sounds funny. And then, of course, inside they have that the, the image eye, which is very cool. It just kind of highlights some image comics uh, landmarks and events that have happened in the recent past. One of them being that Amazon Studios has... Ink to deal with Robert Kirkman. I guess him and AMC, where The Walking Dead is, is uh, just going to maybe be just that. And he's moving on to Amazon to give them sort of first look, first see at any Robert Kirkman Skybound production with his partner David Alpert. So what that means, I'm not sure if it's going to be just comic books, right? They don't say it necessarily is just going to be comics, but... They believe the powerhouse of uh, comics there, Robert Kirkman, is worth signing and locking up to any first work ideas that fly out of his brain. So that's very cool just to highlight one thing that's in the image eye little sort of section. And the other thing is mentioning that the there's a TV show called Happy that's coming out on Grant Morrison's comic, which was a bonkers nuts comic. I remember there being like a blue unicorn that could fly like a horse. That was giving. That was like his conscience. So how they're gonna put that in a live-action TV show? I can't wait to see. But there's an absolutely bonkers comic called Atomic Hawk that's coming out, and this is uh, you gotta see some of the art on this. It's like in, the, in page five. I'm super excited about that. Also, a, a comic called Rumble. This is an issue number one's coming out in, in December with artist David Rubin. I've just gushed over this series that David Rubin did called Ether check out ether but this has very much the same sort of warm tones and just galactic fantastical strange art that is david rubin so i'm really excited about rumble so keep an eye on that this is all just to kind of fill into the deep lobes of your subconscious with new stuff coming out there's also another title that looks super good called sleepless and this comes from sarah vaughn and art by Layla del luca which i follow on instagram her art is gorgeous she really has a feminine touch, but, it, you know, in she's very versatile. But the way she particularly draws uh, the eyes and the face and the facial features are just amazing. And she's just very accurate with how she makes woman, women look real in all shapes and sizes, etc. So really, really excited about Sleepless. There's a nice, also sad article here about Invincible. Written by the the editor, Sam Stone. That's really well done. Check it out. It's just kind of a love letter to Invincible and all in its glory. And, and sadly, it's coming to an end. But nice article in here about Invincible. So you can take a little uh, trip down memory lane with it. 
And there's one called, a new comic called Paradiso. This is from Ram V. This looks like a brand new team. I've never heard of any of these people. Art and cover by Dev Pramanik. And sorry if I missed something, but looks like they're they're kind of rolling the dice with a, you know, fairly new team here. So I'm excited about Paradiso. Looks very otherworldly. It has this very sort of strange kind of, I don't know. It's like this, this sort of X-Men kind of... Um, Generation M, kind of mutant sort of feel, like in humans, very dark and chiseled and very sort of noir kind of feel and look to it, so I'm super excited about that. They also have an article about the Kingsman, kind of the future of where this uh, spy series is going to go, Mark Millar's spy series in the comics. There's a movie in theaters now. Um, I'm going to go see it very soon, the uh, the latest of the, the Kingsman, so I'm excited about that article to read that. Holiday books. They even kind of take a moment here to recommend some some Christmas-themed image comics, and one of them being Happy, and the other one being Krampus, and I was surprised in here that Claws um, is not in here. Oh, you it's, it's not an image comic, so that's why it's not in here, but that's one that I'll recommend to you now. Get Claws. Uh, it's very good, and just kind of an action-packed Game of Thrones meets young Santa. It's just, it's great fun and action-packed and far out there, and it was just a good time. Claws for your holiday reading. But that's just to mention a few things that's going on. This was really packed with some really interesting looking comics, like one called Bonehead. Check that out towards the back of the, of the book. Very sci-fi, clean, very kind of Star Wars looking feel. I like that, so I'm all into that. Also, it gave this nice article on Manifest Destiny. Now, I haven't read it. It's like on issue, I don't know, 50. I feel like I missed the bus, missed the train to fun town that is Manifest Destiny. But I'm going to check it out. It's sometimes daunting, right? When you are so late to a comic and it's already an issue 50 and it might take like three months of dedicated reading to catch up. But I really have heard great things about Manifest Destiny, so I want to look at that. And also they're relaunching Witchblade. Uh, remember the old TV show in the 90s? Yeah, not so good. But anyway, they're relaunching uh, a Witchblade series called Gauntlet. And they've got just a supreme team here with Caitlin Kittredge. Her, her writing is fantastic with art by Roberta in Granata, and it looks like a new person in the biz or an up-and-comer that's going to be seriously one to reckon with. Her art is stunning. But they do give you a little glimpse, too, at the very end on that show Happy Again, the Grant Morrison series. That's a live-action TV show that's coming very soon, and I'm super excited about that. Plus, they wrap it up with the Witches Bad Egg, chapter number two. That's just this dark witches series, if you like the witches series. From Scott Snyder, you're going to love this. Like I said, it's a little sort of issuette at the back of every single issue. It's like four pages, and I love that. It even it just reminds me of, of the olden days of the LA Times with the sort of short serial comic book down, like Amazing Spider-Man was always in the LA Times. But uh, yeah, you got to see Witch's Bad Egg. It's uh, number two, issue issuette number two. And then, of course, their awesome little checklist, their December checklist that is perforated edge to pull out and write down so you never miss a single issue of these upcoming image comics so great stuff get image plus magazine volume 2 number 2 80 plus pages it's only two bucks it's a no-brainer folks buy it immediately also another thing on my nerd brain is foom yes foom is back back again <laughs> that's a fun word to say foom but anyway it's a it's a, issue number one uh it's a marvel comic they're bringing back from way back in the day it's a classic fan fun magazine called foom probably writing in the curtails of the success of image plus magazine but who cares i'm really glad that it's back it's free for now <laughs> i wonder if they're gonna start charging for it 
It's a lot more daunting with multitudes of paragraphs of words. Hey, Marvel, we read comics. Not so many of them word things in them. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> I read some of it, and it's some great in-depth articles, some interviews with some fantastic Marvel creators. I'm going to check it out and read a ton more of it, because uh, there's a lot of it. But I'll report to you back on my thoughts on Foom, but my initial thoughts are good stuff, and I'm glad that Foom is back. So, yes. And the last thing that's on my nerd brain is that I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. I'm actually doing the writing and the coloring and the lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his fantastic art. Check his stuff out, please, over on the Instagram, at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is just so appealing to my eyeballs. Thank you, Jordan, for doing the art on my comic book, Zombie Destroyers. I have posted the cover page and pages one through four, and also a cosplay photo on sunspotscomics.com. Just click on Zombie Destroyers to see all of that. It's beautiful. I update it from time to time. New page is coming soon. And just to give you a little Zombie Destroyers update, Jordan Hudson is actually penciling pages 25 and 26. I'm still fine-tuning the ending of page of issue uh, one to end on page 28. I'm still kind of sculpting this big cliffhanger, and I'm even just uh, adding some final touches to the very creepy yet very autobiographically accurate bonus page from my childhood right at the very back of the issue of Zombie Destroyers number one. So I can't wait to do this every single day. It's just uh, it's just humbling and amazing that I'm I'm working hard to get out a a beautiful comic book that is all within my own mind and my heart and soul poured into it. So I hope to one day bring it to you, maybe late this year, Zombie Destroyers issue number one. So again, go to zombie, go to sunspotscomics.com, click on Zombie Destroyers to see the pictures, pages one through four of my comic book. And next up is our spotlighting segment, segment and we do have an interview. We've actually got a interview with the writer creator of blood and dust the comic book that is actually our sponsor of this issue of the podcast michael r martin will be discussing his comic book his kickstarter he even gave me a copy of the blood and dust volume 2 which has been fantastic i'm going to be talking about it next week and the kickstarter started today so here's some information here's an interview michael r martin and myself having a nice little nerdy chit chat it's only about 25 minutes or so enjoy so here you go all right once again my buddy michael r martin is here with us from the blood and dust comics from nightshade comics how you doing michael good man good thanks for having me on the show again chris oh man so we're kicking it off volume two blood and dust here we go kickstarter happening right it already happened earlier today yeah yeah we launched uh, just before noon today so uh really really excited on uh, on finally getting it launched and out there Fantastic. For some of the folks that haven't gone into our previous feed and heard you and I having a little nerdy chit-chat, give the folks the rundown on what Blood and Dust is. Um, the usual elevator pitch that we give is that um, uh, basically you've got a, a, a guy who, um, oh my God, this is the kind of day I have. I've had it run <laughs> through my head so many different times. Um, but, you know, it's the story of the first American vampire. Um, no love stories, no romance, uh, just an angry old man who's got a six and eight and a 10 year old that don't grow up and don't mature and their crazy mom that he keeps locked up in the attic. Well, I tell you the love though, you say there is none of it's, it's what he has for his family, right? I mean, that, that to me is, a, is the core, one of the core elements of blood and dust. 
It, it, it really is, and that's that's kind of the thing that I'm really excited that people are really picking up from, um, especially after um, you know some folks that have gotten to get the. Uh, the first chapter of the new volume, um, you know, like you've gotten a chance to get and some folks have gotten at cons. Um, it, it really is a story about a family um, and, you know, the, the love that is there. And, and, you know, one of their one of the sayings the family has is blood before all, um, you know, and, and that's really the focus for it. You know, Judd will do anything for for his family. And, and even though his family kind of came together in a very very kind of fucked up way um you know it doesn't matter is his and he will take care of them yes i yeah. like in another core element of blood dust that i particularly like is sort of the origin of how you've taken the vampire genre but you've you've twisted it and tweaked it in your in your own unique way how did you find that and even how did you find it and when do you remember the when when the birth of blood and dust Happened? Yeah, when Adam and I were sitting down and kind of talking about it and, and kind of um, coming up with the concept, um, you know, we wanted to do it in a, in a new and different way. You know, we were really sick of, you know, there was a master, you know, or you were bitten, you know, somewhere. Uh, you know, there, there's just so many ways the, the tropes have kind of been done. And that was one of the things we really wanted to kind of bust out of when we were doing this is, is a lot of the vampire tropes that are just a, a little played and a little tired, um, you know, and, and do something different with it. So, um, you know, we were, we were talking about kind of the, how the vampire spirit's very primal, you know, very, um, you know, we were so sick of the love and the, oh, you know, I follow, you know, no, no, man, this thing is, <laughs> is violent and vicious and hateful and, you know, whatever would, would draw something that mean to it would just have to be someone that was just just foul, you know, yeah. and angry. And, you know, then, you know, we have it uh, kind of tied in with um, Native American spirits. Um, nothing particular. We didn't want to get too specific into anything. But, you know, at the time that we wanted to set this at, you know, the most natural, the most the group that would be most closest to nature and the spirit of nature would be Native Americans. And so, you know, we kind of came together with the legend of the Anakul and, you know, how they had always thought that this thing was just a legend, their vampire that nobody had ever seen because it had never been through things that are in, aren't really in the book, but are part of the, part of the, part of the mythos of it all is that, in times of great strife, in times of great bloodshed, um, that's when the the veil between the worlds is thinnest, and that's when something like the Anakul can come out. It's also when like the Boggy Depot monster is most active. Is you know we're at the end of the Vietnam War when we're in the life and undeath. So we tie it all very much to um, activity during wartime, bloodshed, and tragedy. It fits in Paris very well. I, I love that. I love that. Are you also, I mean, in the first volume, you focused around this very just demonic swamp being. And I loved it so friggin' much. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to, it's like I'm trying not to spoil everything in volume one yeah, as well. Yeah. But at the same time, there seems to be like you're on the path of universe building here. Is yeah, there going um, to be more of that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, apparently, my dog wanted to come in and take part of the interview. Hello, Sadie Mae. He's excited. Uh, He's like, yes! Talk about... 
Tell, tell, tell him about how daddy works on blood and dust, baby. Hang on just a second. Let me move the dog. Dogs, he's just into it. You know, he wanted to jump in. He's like, what are you guys talking about? the namesake of, uh, of the next one, Sadie Mae. Uh, um, I'm sorry, what was your, your question? Uh, universe building. It, it seems that universe building, yeah. is doing that. It, you know, I don't know if it's so much universe building. It's it's just character building to me. Um, to me, it's it's really really about the characters and it's about Judd's life and the people that have come in and out of it over the years. And so, you know, like I said, Sadie May we introduce in um, the final chapter of Glenny Family Values, and so you get to see that there'll be more out there. Um, but, uh, it's, it's not so much universe building as much as it is character building and, and Judd's story. Okay. And in volume one with the, the sort of the, the small town and the man that comes asking for help and the swamp being that are there being the primary focus, you mm-hmm. only sprinkle into some of the origin and, and volume two without spoiling anything of volume two. So thankfully goes a little more into Judd's life and a little more into that origin uh, without sort of spoiling everything that's happening that you've just launched in the Kickstarter for Volume 2. Give us a little snapshot then of what we can expect in Volume 2 of, the, of Blood and Dust. Well, so in Volume 2, what, um, what it, how we ended in Volume 1 is Mama's out of the attic and off the chain. Um, and we pick that up in Volume 2 because she's now free and she's starving. Uh, and so, um, we intersperse, I like to kind of tell the story through flashbacks. Um, I, I don't like to lay everything out really obviously. Um, yes. you know, it's much more fun to kind of, you know, kind of start to, Oh, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, we, we tell the story in chapter one of, um, how Ruth and the kids came to be with Judd. Um, and at the same time, you're on a ride along with um, Eddie um, on chapter two on where Judd kind of uses Eddie the vehicle to kind of tell him about how he came to be. And at the same time, they're chasing down Ruth, trying to stop her before she gets to town and kills everyone. Nice. I can't wait to see that. Talk a little bit about the team on volume two. You've kept very much in the vein and tone from volume one to volume two, which I loved, you know, you didn't, and you got a new artist on board with Tone Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Tell he he's uh, done some great stuff. Tell us how you partnered with him, how you found Tone, and what you think of what he's doing so far for Blood and Dust. So funny enough, uh, I actually met Tone. Um, Adam and I met him in 2009 at our first Phoenix Comic Con. <clears throat> just. That was our very first one. We were trying to learn about how many comics. I was just out of the hospital from getting my left kidney removed. So I, I literally was walking around. I was almost 400 pounds at the time, and I was walking around with my stomach taped shut um, because I was still healing. But Whoa. this was our opportunity to go shop around our script. So I, I met Owen for the first time there. Um, and, um, you know, through the years, you know, we just kind of got to know each other at shows and stuff and became buddies. And <clears throat> when, uh, you know, I would tell him about, you know, what I was doing with Blood and Dust and stuff and, and you know, he'd check it out and I'd tell him kind of scenes that I was getting ready to do. And you could kind of see it in his face. He's like, I want to draw that. You know, <laughs> so nice. when, uh, when um, you know, Roy Allen Martinez wasn't able to continue, um, you know, we, uh, I, I, you know, asked Tone, I'm like, do you want to do it? And 
and we jumped at it and, and you know, turned somebody that, you know, really is kind of out of my price range, um, you know, so we kind of, uh, you know, you have the quality triangle or the, or the, I'm sorry, the, the triple restraint. If you're familiar with the triple restraint, you can have it good, you can have it cheap, or you can have it fast. Uh, well, I have it good and I have it, you know, at a reasonable rate. It, awesome. It's taken a while to get there, but I have it now. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, he, he definitely brings, he, he carries on with the, the tone and the feel. It's not like there's this tonal shift. And but then he also puts his own thing on it, which I've seen some of his work, and uh, I, you know it's astounding art, beautiful stuff. Yeah, it is so crazy. He has such a John Byrne influence, and you really um, see that a lot. Um, but also just just every classic, because he is such a fan of the medium, let alone his own classic artist himself, but he's such a fan of the medium. It's so cool. It's like one of the coolest things ever to go over to his house and watch him work on pages just from the tricks and the way he does things where he'll just mask off something, throw a bunch of ink down, grab some white, start splattering for stars and everything. I'm like, fuck, I hate you, man. It's so (laughs) fucking cool. You know, like I just seriously, you're, you're there for 10 minutes. Something went from, wow, that's really great to holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, so Tone is absolutely brilliant and he's a master of the craft, man. And, and he really, um, he, he respected what Roy did, um, you know, and, but he just kind of took his take on it and like, you know, it was cool. Cause I was like over at his, uh, at his place and I was looking at uh, some of the stuff he did for dead vengeance, uh, which is an idea or a, a dark horse book that he did. And, you know, a lot of the things that I would see in there, I'm like, man, that's really cool. You know, the rays coming out from the head and everything. And the next thing I know, they're in my pages. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, so it it does, man. It feels like I do have someone like John Byrne or something working on Blood and Dust is the craziest thing to for someone that's an indie comic that, you know, this is all self-published and self-made by me and everything to have someone like this working on it and is like, it's one of the favorite books that he's done, that Raymond's done. And Kel, Kel sends me messages like, really? You know, because he's so uh-huh. mad about something that happens and stuff, you know. So wow. it's cool. That's, like, yeah. got to be the most, like, rewarding, awesome feeling. That's that's fantastic, man. Yeah. I'm totally, totally happy for you. So uh, <laughs> with with Mama running nuts in Volume mm-hmm. 2, <laughs> are we also going to maybe see some new characters? We're going to see some – because I love the way you develop characters. So we're going to see some new characters coming along in Volume 2? Um, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, you know, Preacher Man and Law Dog, you know, you see a glimpse of them in Chapter 4. Um, you see them more in 5 and 6. Um, they're going to be the next arc, so the next one's going to be Blood and Dust, Volume 3, The Ballad of Preacher Man and Law Dog. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's about character building. And so you see these guys and you see what's going on with them, and, and you know, it ain't pleasant. Um, and you have to wonder what the fuck did these guys do? And so, you know, that's when we tell their story and we give you a glimpse of, of, of Sadie Mae Callum and, uh, you know, so she's going to be, um, that's volume three, the life and death of Sadie Mae Callum. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of peppering them in as we go through and, and the kind of, the hope that I have is, you know, give you a taste to make you go, man, where's that one? Oh, that book's coming, you know? (laughs) Very nice. And we just, when we're getting comfortable, you whack us on the head with a little surprise. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, at least. I'm making my attempt. Yeah, you're doing great. What, in volume two, is it going to be three issues again, like volume one and about 96 pages in the same sort of girthy, yeah. girthy volume that you put together? 
Uh, yeah, you know, this time it's going to be around 80 pages, depending on how structure shows go. Um, you know, because we've got extra art to add in. Um, you know, but no ads or anything like it was in the original one from Action Lab. Um, so it is just straight my book. Um, Very nice. Every pretty thing that those guys did. That's what you want, right? Sometimes the art can just take it, take you out of that moment when you're fully immersed. I, I personally like that, and I, that's why I don't read as much of the big two anymore, and I stay in the kind of the indie realm. Because it can be just a, a Twix ad can just kind of you know take you yeah. out of where the universe you're in for a moment. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, it really bugged me that we went from these this beautiful art that Roy and Raymond did, and then I've got you know six pages of just full page ads and stuff. I'm like, I, I, I it, it's it's kind of it's like slapping NASCAR stickers on my baby. I'm like, what the hell did you just do? Yeah. Big old, big old, you know, Viagra sticker on your baby's forehead. I feel yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Well, can you talk briefly too about nightshade comics? So now you're, you're back into your own publishing house. You're doing your own thing your way. Um, you know, you were with someone else. If we don't mm -hmm. have to name them, if we don't wish to, and you don't have to mm -hmm. comment on, but can you, can you briefly talk about how you went from, uh, you know, another publishing house to back to yourself? Yeah, and I'll, you know, we're, I'm not shying away from that at all. It's, okay. uh, it's you know, uh, when we were with Action Lab and, and Under Danger Zone, um, you know, um, the uh, the exposure and, uh, and the association with some really great books and everything was really great. Um, when it came time to do Volume 2, um, we had uh, a different view of things. Um, they wanted to uh, uh, only... Um, uh, do online uh, and didn't want to put it to print and then you know if, it, if they felt it did good enough they could go to trade um, you know and, and I can totally understand and respect that um, you know there's a, there's certainly an argument to be made for that um, but that's really not what um, I was here to do um, so you know we uh, you know we told them that wasn't really where we wanted to go and asked to get our property back and they were gracious enough to um, to you know return our property back to us um, at a cost you know, um, I uh, tomorrow actually I will have 1,600 copies of Blood and Dust, the trade paperback, arriving um, at my door by freight. So 23 boxes on a pallet um, wow. because I bought every single copy of Blood and Dust out of Diamond. Wow, that's great. That's excellent. So you and I will have to talk, uh, you know, partnership, and uh, you know, maybe I can do whatever I can do to help. Right, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and you know, that's the, the price you pay that, you know, that's cool. Um, you know, so what we wanted to do is just basically go back and, and, and do what I originally had done, which was self-publish, um, you know, do it ourselves. Um, you know, the, um, the market has changed. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people talking about single issues are, are struggling. Diamond distribution is struggling with, uh, you know, getting out there and everything. So really, Kickstarters didn't know well, Diamond's not struggling. Believe me, I just paid their fees. They're not struggling anything. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, but, um, you know, we can connect directly with our fans now. Um, you know, we can sell directly to our fans. You know, I'm a business person. So, you know, I was a business person before I was a creator. So, you know, making my books and everything. When you look at someone like Brian Polito, who's like way out of my league, so please don't act like I'm, I'm comparing to him. But, you know, that the, the, the market is changing, man, and we don't need to do that anymore. So, um, you know, why not move along with it? I, I just wanted to do the graphic novel. I, I don't really care about doing singles. Um, I don't really care about being distributed. Or, you know, we might try and distribute through Diamond myself, um, but I'm not really hunting for publishing. Now, if we found somebody that was really great and really supportive and really wanted to work and, 
and put our book out in front of stuff, man, I would love to find a partner like that. Sure. Um, but uh, I'm also not living and dying by it. I've, I've done that. I got the exposure. I, I did the dream part of being distributed. Everybody got it. Now I want to do the dream part of making sure that it's done the way I want to do it. That's great. I mean, in, in talking to you through all the, the, the changeover uh, from Action Lab to back to Nightshade and doing it on your own, Mm-hmm. You, I, I respect that you just sort of never compromised with what your what your work was, you know, what this vision was and what your dream was to put, you know, blood and dust the way it's done. And uh, I love that because a lot of people could could buckle, right, or or have issues with that. And you stuck to your guns and were still able to just do it your way, especially you know in the story and and the art quality that you dished out from the coloring. Uh, that's got to be super gratifying. Well, you know, and it is the the thing that I would say, and I think this is kind of a, a, a weird misconception or, or something that, you know, it should be clear. Um, you know, they really never had input um, at all on my book. In fact, the only input that I ever got was from um, Sean Gabor and um, one of their editors um, gave me feedback on issue four. Um, that was the first time any of them ever even gave me feedback. In fact, I found out later on that they never actually read any of the books. So, you know, um, you know, there, wow. it's not like, uh, they were giving input or they were trying to control anything. They didn't bother to read them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm certainly not concerned about, uh, their input. It's just about making sure that if, if you're on board, you're helping and, and I can't feel like you're helping if you didn't read it. Yeah. I mean, they don't know the content. You know, that's a, yeah, it's kind of hard to sell it. I, I mean, you know, I was, I was standing next to him and show I'm like, how, how can you sell it if you don't know it? Sure. I'm just uh, it's good to see that you didn't find and I've heard this from other creators from other writers that you didn't uh, take it upon yourself to like say well I'm going to alter things dramatically to get their attention to uh, to you know be on the radar to you just stuck to your story and I I really respect that yeah yeah I mean it it was even suggested you know um, you know maybe you make a character you know with big boobs and all sexy and everything I'm like Mm -hmm. Um, no, that's, yeah. that's not what we made. I mean, we made a cover to get some attention at WonderCon and stuff, and it's a, it's going to be a cool lenticular cover and everything for the Kickstarter, but um, no, that's not what this story is, and it will never be that. That's great. Well, I mean, your story has integrity, and as a creator, uh, that just uh, it solidifies me as a fan for always, so it doesn't matter what you do, man. I'm with you. I'm with you here, and we're here. Sunspots Comics is here to support in any way we can, so talk to me about, about Kickstarter, what launched today for Blood and Dust Volume 2. So tell me a little bit about it, what it entails, what kind of levels, what kind of tiers, what kind of goodies. Break it down. Um, you know, we tried to keep it pretty simple. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to get overwhelming with it. It's the first one. I mean, I tried one um, before and I, I pulled it down. We weren't able to get it done the way we wanted to do it at the time. You know, familiar story, obviously. Um, so, you know, we, we kept it simple, but we, we wanted to make sure that if people wanted just a digital copy, I usually buy a lot of digital copies. It's just simpler for me. Um, so we've got digital copies. We've got um, copies of Volume 1 if you've never read Volume 2, um, and we're only doing those as a $5 add-on. You know, it's a $12 book, but we're doing it as a $5 add-on because I'm going to have a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> crates. <laughs> I've got crates of them. Crates. Um, I want to so, see a picture of that uh, when you get them all. Just put them all like behind you where you're sitting right now. I just want to see a, you know, the stack. Oh, I'm posting it tomorrow. I, it. I'm going to be posting it everywhere tomorrow. Just kind of stating, you know, if you if you don't know what the cost of your dreams are, I do, and how much they, from my living room they take up. I will be reposting uh, and retweeting that for you. I can't wait. Nice, to see it. nice. 
Um, but, you know, we, uh, we're we doing some cool stuff. We're doing um, uh, Blood and Dust t-shirts. So if you guys haven't seen our Blood and Dust Family Crust, I'm really excited by those. Uh, we're going to do a lenticular cover where, um, you know, Ruth is going to change from sexy um, roof to holy shit, run from that roof. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, we're doing uh, Raymond Lee prints. Um, so um, original pages by Tone Rodriguez. Um, we've already sold one of those already. So that's awesome. Um, my favorite one is the double slaughter, um, which is a two page slaughter that is in, um, uh, the, in chapter three, the final of Glenny family values. That is one of the most beautiful, horrific pieces of, uh, violence I have ever seen. Um, (laughs) it is disturbing. Like when I described tone, like some of what I wanted to do in there, like tone's the sweetest guy in the world. And like, when I describe what I want to do, he's just like, man, you know, so um, that one, somebody's going to be really, really happy about getting that one if they if they hit that level. Well, that sounds like you. That's the sound of challenge. It sounds like he's just like, ooh, like this. I, is I'm gonna... telling you, whoever. In fact, man, I I I, I should pull it out um, and and just so you can see. Uh, well, actually, I posted a little bit. Is it's beautiful. Um, oh, it's actually on the Kickstarter rewards. So you can see it on the Kickstarter rewards. Fantastic. What is the link as we're talking? Just so it's it's punched right in the middle. Tell folks where they can find the Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter, uh, I believe it is kickstarter.com forward slash project forward slash blood and dust, I believe. Um, but you're looking for, didn't search for blood and dust. Um, you can get links from my social media, bloodanddustcomic.com. Um, so, but just search blood and dust, you'll find it on there. Fantastic. I mean, thanks for giving me a sneak peek of, of, of volume two, issue number one. I loved it. Uh, it's, thank you for looking. Yeah. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It, is uh, gives you enough, gives you a taste, gives you gets you excited for Mama on the Loose, and for a little bit of, of the little backsplash of the history of Judd. I I mean I I just can't wait to see more about it. I mean I, I, I can't wait to see the kids. Just want to see what the kids are doing, where they're going, how are they handling this. What, <laughs> um, it's just uh, you have you've built this tapestry of characters that are all. I mean heck. Even the dude that was from the town that kind of got involved and he's he really should be leaving at this point. I mean, he's not picking up any hints that he needs to get away from this this from Judd as fast as he can. But he's just he's just like hell bent. He has sort of a strange like old fashioned like honor type mentality where he's like, you know, I need to do the honorable thing here. Uh, that dude, which I'm so bad with names, but the, Eddie, uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie Jacobs. You. <laughs> well, Eddie's a Marine. You know, um, Eddie's a Marine. He's he's uh, been out of Vietnam for a year or two, and um, you know, he just uh, that's kind of the 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 great part about it is you know, set in the time period it is, and everything else, and 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 set in Oklahoma and everything. But you know, we just have a very very firm sense of right and wrong and, and honor, and and you know, he he does that, that he plays on that honor. Yeah, when Eddie goes back in Volume One to his wife, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is volume mm-hmm. one. He goes back to his wife, and they've got a little kid, and here is this this insanity going on with a monster and, and vampires and a family, and he just has that conversation like, yeah, I have to die for this. I have to do what's right. More people could die if I don't, and I just loved that scene. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it tugs on the heartstrings, and it was like, man, this guy is just going to – he's getting ready to give his life to make this right. Yeah, it's actually in uh, that's actually in uh, Glenny Family Values. That's okay. uh, that's in uh, Chapter One. Yeah, um, love it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I, you know, that's I want to make everybody human. You know, you 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 want to be able to identify with these people, man. And and I think that sometimes the hard thing in comics sometimes is you don't really identify with them. 
Um, you know, it's hard to identify with a superhero, but it's not hard to identify with a, with a guy that says, I'm, I'm not going to let people die. You know, and, and especially for people, for people that have that sense of protection and for people that, that like, if something were to happen to my wife or, or, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be bad, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think that really draw speaks to people. Yeah. I just like that as he, he throws himself under the bus, the Eddie character and saying like, I got to do what's right here, no matter what the cost. And I, I, I love that. It's a it's a moment of just genuine humanity that I thought was just a really nice touch. You know, very nice. Well, thank touch. you. I mean, it's a it's a moment of a marine. You know, it is certainly a marine moment. And I love the character Judd and how, you know, he, he he's he's multi layered in that he's been around for a super long time, and so he sees things in different ways, and his humanity is constantly questioned, and whether he believes humanity's worth it is in question, and I just love the complexity of Judd. And how, you know, it's not so straightforward. Like, you, we know what he's going to do. We sort of don't, you know. And, and I, I love that you've amalgamated, like, uh, Clint Eastwood and, uh, and Logan and, and just, you know, in, into his sort of, into his psyche. And, and it's just such a great layered character. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, and uh, what I can't really wait to see is just the, when everybody's done. I, I wish I could live stream everybody reading it. Like, I want to have Blood and Dust reading party where I could just, like, watch you just like I'm watching you right now. It, because at the when it's all done, I, I think it's one of those moments that it's, and this sounds incredibly egotistic when I hate it when I have to sound like this, but I do. I think it's one of those moments that I think people are going to read at, at the very end of Glenny Family Values, and I think you're having a very solid understanding of exactly who this man is, and he ain't what you thought he was. Oh, you know, there's the, the redemption piece I don't think people are going to find anymore. All right. Nice. You're going into the dark depths. I, lo- I love it. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm holding on to the chain as we go deeper into the I dark waters. I want to see people read it because, like, like I said, man, seriously, when, when Kel was looking at him, I showed him the final page of the art and I sent him a thing and he just sends me a message back and he goes, really? And I'm just like, <laughs> You know what? I would think most people are afraid to let them see what their face looks like reading a comic, but I, I'm pledging myself right now. I'll do it. I'll do it for you, and I will record it, and I'll give it to you, and you can do whatever the heck you want with it. Oh yeah, you just—that's it. Just, just have your wife film it or something, and then just upload it, and just be like, "Yeah, he was right. I needed to. You needed to film this. Fuck." Yeah, I'm pledging it to you now, Michael. I, I will do it for you, and give it to you, and you can do what you want with it. Uh, you will see my nerdy face, and I'm sure a nerdful, a nerdful glee of excitement and a oh damn jaw dropping <laughs> it's all going to be for you and i pledge to give it to you i'll give it to you <laughs> right on man right on i appreciate that i need i need the uh feedback yes <laughs> you know like they used to have those album viewings right in the 70s people would they put out a new album and then everyone yeah. would just sit around and listen to it and you'd get to see all the excitement and the reaction and uh yeah. you know, it's like movies you know everybody gets to see what everybody's reaction is in the movie man the comic books everybody's kind of locked away and everything so right we could we could yeah, be on so something is have a comic mean? reading party and we'll just invite a bunch of people over and just I'll sit there and be weird watching them all. Oh, that'd be great. We should do that. We could start in something something else here. We could put on some just really sort of horrifying music in the background, set like an interesting <laughs> tone with like some individual just you know beams of light on each person reading. Like we can. Now the flip side of this is I'm afraid that people are going to end it and, and just like you son of a bitch, <laughs> you know, and or or even worse. Eh. That would, that would actually be the absolute worst thing. It's like I'm so expecting this right. and so built up, and they were like, "Meh." <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Simpsons right. did it. You know. You're right. That would be the right in the middle road, right? Like extreme anger, you know, extreme pleasure. But you're right. The the kind of eh, right in the middle is eh. what you don't want. You're like, eh. I read that before. Yeah, that's when nice we, well, that's when we're in the room and we smack them in the head. Like you're not getting uh, it. <laughs> hey, you know, shit, man. I'm not a genius, dude. Everything's been done before. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on somebody. Don't be a dick about it. Or anything. Right. I mean. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I, we're we're onto something. We're onto something. But I'm going to give you mine. I pledge it for sure. So, cool. Michael, um, thank you. I, I I with you on this quest that is blood and dust. I will be there. I've been there from the beginning, and I will be there to the end. And I'm super excited for you on Kickstarter. I'm going to go make my pledge myself personally, so I can put some money in your pocket, hopefully. And uh, <laughs> in closing, again, please tell the folks where they can get to Blood and Dust uh, your Kickstarter one more time and bring us home. And if you have any, by the way, in closing, last time you shared this great Todd McFarlane story, as you're in closing and, and plugging the, the Kickstarter, if something comes into your mind, like like that wonderful story you shared, just uh, throw it out there. But please, Blood and Dust, where can they go and join in? Um, so, you know, bloodanddustcomic.com, um, you know, facebook.com forward slash bloodanddustcomic. Um, but for the Kickstarter, certainly look for Blood and Dust on the Kickstarter. Um I believe it is kickstarter.com forward slash projects forward slash blood and dust. Um, but I'm not positive on that one. So just search blood and dust. I made it simple. Um, and so yeah, at blood and dust on Twitter, I'm pimping it out there too. So you can get links from there. You can get links from Instagram. Um, I am putting it everywhere and and anywhere to, uh, to get people to go there. And, um, the goal is only 5,000. Um, I'm already over 12% there. Um, so that's exciting. Um, so super happy with the support so far. Um, you know, obviously I would like to get much further than, um, five because five pays for the rewards and the shipping. Um, I still would like to recoup what I've paid to pay my guys. Yes. Um, so, uh, five, if you see, it's like, Oh, he's good. No, he's not. Keep going. Right. Uh, keep pledging. <laughs> Tell people, uh, we need to keep going beyond that. Well, that's great. I'll, I'll definitely be doing what I can support. To, awesome. To support Thank you so time. much, man. I really do appreciate everything you've done, dude. Seriously. It helps so much. Well, you made it easy. You did a great comic book with Blood and Dust. So uh, simple, easy, piece of cake. You know what? I have to even comment on your social media, sort of the way you do things. There's so many just creators that over social media eyes. And I just wanted to tell you, I respect the matter of that for folks like me that aren't, you know, 24-7 into social media. To me, you do the right amount, you know? Thank you. (laughs) I really, really worry about that a lot. I know. Um, you know, and I, and I try not to overpost and overshare and, um, you know, I, I try and, you know, breathe before I post, you know, my every thought and every, uh, yes. angry thing that I'm angry about it. And mostly I just talk about my comic, Good. you know, camping, my comic, there's a picture of my dog, you know, this is funny. Um, but that's about it. No, it truly is. Uh, you know, I, I, I've come from the camp and you do too, I guess, you know, less is more. And, you know, yeah. say something that's a little more impactful than just the, you know, the diarrhea of the mouth that happens a lot uh, out there. I, I tell you, honestly, <laughs> I think the, the thing that I, I'm most afraid of is success, because when you see, you know, so many of the successful comic creators and stuff, and usually they're folks that work in the big two or people that have done these, you know, monstrous, you know, Mark Wade's a great example of, you know, um, they, they have they have fans, they have hateful, they have all these other things. And I'm like, man. 
I just get nice people that want to talk to me and say thank you for the book or something. <laughs> like I've got the best kind of levels of success because nobody really feels enough about it to hate me on anything. Um, so it makes it really simple. It's like as long as I don't say anything that's going to make you hate me, we're probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. It does ultimately sound like you're just being yourself. You're being genuine. And that's, that's uh, tougher to find out there. So I personally appreciate that. But uh, No, thank you. We're in it to win it. We've we, you've said it all, Michael. I you know thank you again. I know I, I was like let's uh you know keep it short and sweet, but here we are. Like we did it again. We're you know thirty <laughs> minutes. Did any any cool in closing any weird odd uh, comic book stories uh, come into your brain? You know I was trying to think about that and um um gosh man I I, I just don't know if there's anything like an an odd one. Trying to be nice about certain things too. Sure. Yeah. So I don't you know I don't want to. Um, uh, get too crazy with it, but you know. Um, well, then we've just tickled their ass. We tickled everyone's asses with a feather. And uh, next time we talk, there you go. We'll, uh, there you go. We'll, we'll Particularly break, nasty weather. I hear you. We'll break things a little more wide open next time. But thank you and good luck. And I, I, I want people to go out there find blood. And, I just searched. I just went Kickstarter. Blood and dust popped right up. So that that works. You know, to put it does come right up. But I want uh, people, Sunspots Comics listeners. Support Blood and Dust. You will be super happy with it. It's a fantastic comic book written by the dude I'm talking to right now, Michael R. Martin. Uh, Blood and Dust Volume 2 on Kickstarter now. Thanks again, Michael. Good luck. 12%. You just probably just went to 14 as we talked. It's happening. You're going to do well. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you again soon, Michael. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Michael, and good luck on Kickstarter, and please, everybody, go get Blood and Dust. It is good stuff. Seriously, one of my favorite comics. It's just uh, it's just, it's just so much good stuff there. But also, if you yourself are an independent comic book creator, we want to shine some Sunspots Comics love and support to those struggling creators like myself and do what we can to help them get their comic books out there. So if you are a writer, artist, colorist, letterer, Send me a link of your work or review copy to my email at chris at sunspotscomics.com or, of course, message me on everything at sunspotscomics. So I'm an independent comic book creator myself. I want to do my part to help, and that is what spotlighting is all about, to have a nice little nerdy chit-chat about comic books. So now, on to my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is our comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, September 27th. And of course, spoiler-ish alert, semi-spoiler-ish light alert. But really, don't worry, I just do what I can here to inspire you to just buy these comics without spoiling them. I never discuss the last couple of pages, I only cover just some of the interesting points that makes up a comic book, but just in case, semi-light spoiler-ish alert. Also, just to see a little recap of everything that I'm reading, all of my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015. Please just go over and check out from time to time sunspotscomics.com. I'm super proud of it. I've uh, updated my poll list now. I'm up to 107 titles. Just click on top comic books of the week and you can see all of my past top picks of brand new comics on new comic book day. I update the site every week. I compact it. I'm super proud of it. I make it simple and light and just easy breezy to go check stuff out and move on. That is sunspotscomics.com. And this week's artist winner i always pick an artist winner and a cover artist winner this week art winner is jason scott alexander for spawn issue number 278 i just feel like they're really letting jason sean alexander do his thing here he has this very gritty very painted very 
just a million brushstroke style. You have to see it. It's dark. It's noir. It's it has this speckly sort of effect that he does with like ink and and a and a like a metal toothbrush. It's beautiful, unique stuff. It's it's brooding. It's dark. It's noir, but. He took over on 276, so this is his third issue, and I feel like they were dipping the toes in with Jason maybe at first, and then now they're kind of letting him loose, and they're realizing that that was one of the best decisions they could have ever made, because his interpretation of Spawn is truly horrifying. I would say maybe the most horrifying interpretation of the character Spawn ever, and uh, that's it's on issue 278. It's been around for a while. But the way that he even turns Spawn's red cape into just sort of liquid and blood, and it's kind of these venom-like tendrils flying around. At even at, at even moments, the tendrils seem to spell out words. It's like there's Easter eggs built in there. And the just the way he uses the sort of green tone for the eyes and for moments where Spawn is using magic is magical. <laughs> there's no other way to describe it. And... There is all sort of different styles here that he's blended in. I mean, there is some some like this oil painting style I've told you about to watercoloring sort of look and effect to almost photorealistic uh, close-ups on facial expressions. It's beautiful. There is this this splash, semi, a very large panel at the bottom of one page of this female character that uh, sort of controls crows and also has this way to just sort of live in darkness actually reminds me of the character uh, from the darkness comic and i just love that when she fires a gun it's just like this orange spectral sp speckly look i mean it is something just very unique when you look at it you go wow this is a spawn comic this is out there this definitely leads you into what a spawn movie should look like in my opinion especially that todd mcfarlane is doing his best to get a independent horror movie uh, of spawn with a 10 million dollar budget this is what it should look like folks dark and just very thin tendril of light shining on each character and jason sean alexander is a is a master artist you have to see it he's a he does more of these just giant uh you know just like an entire wall of of art so to have to shrink it down must be challenging for him but his art is beautiful it's dark it's disturbing but it's gorgeous at the same time. And the way that he does the facial emotions and the way that he sort of portrays being alone with this sort of absence of light and art when someone is just sort of, he wants to give the emotion of, of just sort of sadness and being alone is 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 truly, it will it, if you don't feel something emotionally here, uh, I'd be very surprised. But Jason Sean Alexander, follow him on everything at Jason Sean Alexander. His art is gorgeous, but he's easily the artist winner of the week with Spawn, issue 278 from Image Comics. Go get it. It's gorgeous. And this week's cover artist winner is Luca Casalinguida. You can see him on Twitter, Luca Casalinguid. That's L-U-C-A-C-A-S-A-L-A-N-G-U-I-D. A long one, sorry. But I'll put all the show notes, of course, in the podcast notes, so you can just go there and grab them. But his stunning silhouetted orange sunset with these two young kids in a boat kind of looking on at this impending doom of this battle taking place on this shore, it's just its just beautiful. It's lovely. The way that the orange sunset just sort of dances on the water is truly breathtaking. It's lovely. Let's I want to print this. I want to frame it. It's gorgeous. But um, it's... It's this beautiful portrayal of the 
of the late 1700s and these Americans that are trying to get across this river or lake into what looks like the heart of, of battle. And uh, it's just this lovely silhouette and just tons of orange. It's gorgeous. You have to see it. It's from Rebels, These Independent uh, States, issue number seven. It is stunning, beautiful sunset. And uh, you have to look at it. And very beautiful job, Luca Casalinguida. And also, uh, The Breakdown. Here we go. I've actually read uh, 19 comics this week. And eight of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. So that's pretty good. And new number ones, there was only one this week, and it was the Marvel Legacy, but it didn't make it to the top pick list. Nope. And so only one new number one this week, and it didn't make it. So let's get into the top comic book recommendations. This is my Great Ones list of comic books for New Comic Book Day, September 27th. I really do consider these comic books to be the greatest new comic books that came out this week. And only the Great Ones make it to the Sunspots Comics recommendation list. So we got eight of them. On to the countdown. So here we go now. Coming in at number eight from Marvel Comics. Definitely an artist contender here. This is Nick Fury, issue number six. This is from James Robinson, written by James Robinson, and art by Akko. I don't know if Akko's a girl or a guy. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Akko's art is, is gorgeous. No social media, by the way, so I really can't give you a link on where to find Akko on social media. But man, absolutely an art contender. These stand alone, they're just one-shot, action-packed, espionage fun with the son of Nick Fury and his white eye patch. And each and every single one of these issues is just, you don't need any sort of prior background as to what's going on. But this is just this, this strange, like, sort of island that he's on. He's trying to uncover this murder of someone that he knows that's kind of personal and there's these strange mutated dogs chasing after him. They're like gargoyly kind of giant bear dogs. And gotta say, by the way, the coloring from Rachel Rosenberg, I'm probably messing her name up, but she's really um, just just really goes out on a limb to absolutely look otherworldly in, in the other issues. Uh, Rachel Rosenberg. Um, this one, she tones it down a bit to have a little more realistic feel. And I really like that. I think it's the sweet spot. There is still some moments of some absolutely strange, just blue and pinks and oranges, but she just lives a little more in the reel of colors. But this, this gargoyly dog is like yellow, stark yellow. So it just looks otherworldly and strange. But even the way that the lettering is done, there's just lots of pink in the background with this explosion of color. It's just beautiful stuff. You have to see it. It's so appealing to the eye. It's just m these multitudes of colors. But this is just action-packed. There is this villain that's just sort of been this reoccurring villain that's just very cool visually. She's an agent of Hydra. She's very odd and strange. She has some strange powers, which even sort of have her with the ability to sort of materialize matter, like even wigs and things. So she's got some strange powers. But you, the highlight, one of the major highlights is this two-page splash you have to see in this issue. It is gorgeous. But, man, I'm so glad. Uh, this is kind of wrapping, wrapping up an arc. It looks like we won't see it for a little while. I'm going to miss the finger guns from Nick Fury. He just points with his gloves and boom, like lasers shoot out of it. It's just fun. It's action-packed. And it's the young days of this Nick Fury Jr. Go get it. Nick Fury, this run has been amazing. And it uh, looks like they're going to take a break for a while, and this is it. So it'll be nicely collected very soon, but Nick Fury, go get it. Coming in at number seven is from Archaea Comics, and it's Jim Henson's The Power of the Dark Crystal, issue number seven of 12, 
This is written by Simon Spurrier, art by Philip Kennedy Johnson. And there's a ton of people on this, even the adaptation from Kelly and Nicole Matthews. So beautifully illustrated here. Another just wonderful week of art. Also, I noticed here that the, the colorist, or in this case, it's just the illustrators that do the coloring, they really added some deep, dark blacks and blues and purples in, in this to really just give it this deep, resonant, uh, just dark feel to this entire comic. A lot of dark purples here and dark oranges. So I love it. It's very otherworldly. It's completely fantasy. It's where these sort of like warring elves are trying to control this crystal. A shard of it's broken. And without the crystal intact, it sort of causes environmental breakdown of their very world. And there is this visitor from this fire planet that also believes that she needs a this shard of the crystal to heal her fire planet. So it's this two conflicting cultures. They both need this bits of the crystal to stay alive. And so it definitely has this, this moral questioning here as to who's really right. Because they're sort of both are right, but it could end up killing one of the species. So it's it's definitely um, interesting to see the the uh, the hierarchy, the royal hierarchy that is of the elf fam race that were sort of in hibernation or sleeping for a long period of time, as these statuesque uh, emperors have sort of come to life at when the shard of this crystal broke, and so that's where this story is. You're jumping right into the middle of it. So you have this this sort of elf. That is, that is teaming up with the, this little fire lord. And they have the shard and they're on the run. So it's just this kind of fantasy road trip of them trying to figure out what to do. They're of the warring race, but they are getting along and they're friends. So there's just kind of a lot of emotional sort of mixtures of, of feelings going on here. And like I said, a very sort of questionable who's right and who's wrong. That is the power of the Dark Crystal. I hope they make a movie of this, make an animated series, make a... Uh, just a claymation or even like a like a the like an art like a one of those like a Coraline type puppet stop action type films this would be perfect take that do it Arkea I hope you're working on that but anyway easily number seven pick of the week Jim Henson's Power of the Dark Crystal coming in at number six this from Image Comics it is Saga issue 47 it's nice to see Saga back on the top pick list here it's getting really good since issue 43 we've had two or three in the top pick list here so Saga is really ramping up and really getting good you gotta go get it it's from uh, artist Fiona Staples and writer Brian K. Vaughn but this is issue number 47 and this goes into the story of the assassin sort of family. They're called like the Will and the Judge and the Spirit. They all have a the in front of them and they have these weird names. I just made up some of those. But anyway, <laughs> don't take points off for that. But this is the kind of backstory of the Will, who is this assassin slash bounty hunter for hire with a sort of high moral compass that is very much against a lot of these hits um, or assassinations that he's paid to do. And finds himself sort of on other adventures, spinning off. And it's the backstory of just this horrible story of parental abuse. And that's what they do in, in this series written by Brian K. Vaughan. They really touch on some very sensitive topics. They cross some boundaries here. They really have a lot of just sort of jaw-dropping moments with their drama. And this crazy sci-fi western that is very uh, Shakespearean, very Romeo and Juliet-themed. Uh, 
And it's it's this long, 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 long saga of a story of this 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 star-crossed couple that are from two opposing families, and they're on the run trying to stay alive. And the story is told by their their just gorgeous, adorable daughter, way in the future. And so, what has all happened? She's she's telling it as it's all in the past. But this particular issue focuses on the will and the development of that character and how he comes from this abusive family and how his uncles have all the names. And it's uh, it's twisted as they introduce sort of a new villain that is that I guess has been chasing the will for a long period of time. But if you look at how the will was when he was a child to how he is now, he is so far developed and changed over time and they've really um brian kivon has really done an excellent job at developing a very interesting character here that is the will that is this bounty hunter with uh with high morals and so this new uh bad guy villain is very unique and strange and that's all i want to say because uh there's some it it's def- i want to surprise you with it it's good stuff but there's a great flashback as well when the will uh his 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 love interest is this crazy like eight-eyed eight-eyed spider creature woman that's uh, very gruesome looking with no arms but uh you know spider-like legs and uh it's it's actually heartwarming to see them back together he really loved her and this shows the sort of development of their relationship so it's a little heartbreaking here uh because you know that um way like an issue number five i think uh, she uh, meets her demise, but this really goes into a great, great detailed background of the will, and that's what the primary core of this story is. You can see the lion cat again, which is crazy, this strange hairless feline that will has the ability to know when you're lying, and that's all the cat can say. It doesn't really meow, it just says lying. <laughs> it's great. I, I, I love the plushie. I would love one day to get the lying cat plushie, but anyway... Saga, really ramping up, really getting good. It's in the 40s. Go catch up. It's worth it. Binge this. Saga, totally. Coming in at number five is our artist winner of the week from Jason Sean Alexander, Spawn. Issue number 278. And yeah, I know they want to at least get to 300. That's sort of the milestone for comics is to hit that 300 mark. And it's going to make it. I tell you, Spawn has been getting better with Jason Sean Alexander at the art helm here. It is going into places, like I said, that it really needs to sort of somewhat visually look like this in the Spawn movie that is in the works. Good luck, Todd. I hope you get it. But this centers around the story of Spawn taking Cyan to Japan to hide her out. And she's developing powers. So she's not supposed to be related to Spawn, to Al Simmons. But maybe she is, or she, the residue of the magical powers of Spawn has somehow infected Cyan, possibly, his sort of niece now. But they're hiding out in Japan, and there's this crazy evil faction coming at them um, with this weird crow woman. That is, it has the ability to use crows in a way that just creates darkness and uses the crows as a weapon. But there's a scene here where Spawn is is torturing a man for information and it's gruesome and what he does at the end of it is is surprising <laughs> so uh it has this sort of tv show called 24 feel to it it's very gritting uh, very very raw very realistic feeling torture uh, drawn beautifully by jason sean alexander but yeah it's just it's it's gripping it's it's haunting it's frightening and realistic feeling and like i said there's these moments of cyan just kind of being alone and it's portrayed so well with just the look on her face because it's so lovingly drawn. But 
check out Spawn. The bad guys are on the rise here. There's a great hysterical moment in it as well where she's like running back to get to the home where she lives with this family, this Japanese family. She believes they're in danger and she busts through the door using her powers. And what she finds out is hilarious. <laughs> you got to check it out. It's great. But Spawn, issue 278, artist winner, hands down. Check out Jason Sean Alexander from 276 to now on Image Comics Spawn. It's beautiful, dark, glorious stuff. And coming in at number four from Valiant Comics. And or, I'm sorry, we're from Dynamite Comics. I always want to say it's Valiant because Turok used to be with Valiant. But now it's with Dynamite is Turok, issue number two. This is from writing uh, by Chuck Wendig, who did this uh, very good um, sort of episode 7.5 of Star Wars, a novel, which I really enjoyed. It kind of gave you a little glimpse into Poe Dameron's life, but check out Chuck Wendig's stuff, art by Alvaro Saraseca. And this has a little nice little thing in the back about a little, little featuring backup story of Dr. Spectre. Which is actually really well done, so check that out. It's a bonus. I love when there's bonus pages in comics. I'm a big sucker for that. But this gives you the backstory of Turok and why he's trapped in this crazy Land of the Lost type world. <laughs> he looks very much like Jason Momoa. He looks like Aquaman. But I like that. It's, it's great. He has that sort of look and feel and musculature and man bun. The whole thing going on. But he's trapped. He sort of purposefully trapped himself in this in the clutches of these Nazi anthropomorphic dinosaurs. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> and he did it because you ultimately are introduced as to why you don't get the why in first issue, but this one you do, it's because he is searching for his adorable daughter. And he believes that he's, he's followed some leads and he believes that his daughter is being held here because they take these dinosaur, fascist, anthropomorphic dinosaurs steal human children and send them somewhere and he thought this would be the place but as they're trying to as he's as Turok has made a couple of friends to escape this prison death camp there is their fascist anthropomorphic dinosaur leader on a giant red t-rex and that's the core of this is they're trying to stay alive it's jurassic park meets lost world meets aquaman <laughs> in Turok issue number two it's great action this is the action-packed winner just non-stop uh i'd say nick fury is also number two in the action pack level but this just doesn't stop giant red dinosaur chasing the entire team through this compound anthropomorphic dinosaurs with that are, that are nazis hunting them down and this world is just interesting that they've created it's this strange world of of this dinosaur weird code and there are some dinosaurs that don't speak and just seem very um they're like pets or they're their actual um, transportation and then there's just very smart anthropomorphic dinosaurs that are sort of ruling and ultimately hate humans so i love the little world they've given us a glimpse into they haven't just explained it haven't described it very kind of planets of the apes feel to it and i'm really enjoying it so turok go get it it's just great stuff it's fun it's action-packed and it's come on it's got anthropomorphic dinosaurs do it you'll be happy and now, right now, here we go, breaking into the top three. So these are the three best comics this week. Coming in at number three is Diablo House, issue number two. This is from IDW Comics, and this is uh, written by Ted Adams, art by Santa Perez, and beautiful colors by Jay Photos. This is another art contender. Santa Perez's art is phenomenal here. It reminds me of um, Eric Powell. It reminds me of... Uh, it reminds me of 
of Jordan Hudson, Zombie Destroyers artist. And it has this gorgeous, gorgeous, realistic coloring style from J Photos. It has this mixture of, it has this 70s kind of Three's Company feel. You can look at that old, go look it up, folks, old TV show, Three's Company. Also has like a mad magazine or heavy metal magazine look and feel. That's really the better way to describe it. It has a heavy metal magazine look and feel to it. The moral of this comic is that delusions of grandeur can kill you. <laughs> and never go to a spooky haunted mansion, like ever, even if it's near like an awesome beach with some like really tasty waves. <laughs> just, just don't do it. <laughs> and don't have delusions of grandeur because you'll be dead. But ooh, uh, wow. This is an awesome comic. It's got, by the way, all over the place. It has a bonus page at the end, totally worth looking at, related to the story. They even paid tribute to Bernie Wrightson that passed away not too long ago because he is a strong influence here to Diablo House. And it's very much this crazy evil mansion that if you go in there, you kind of make a deal and horrible, disturbing things happen to you. And I love that sort of otherworldly ongoing series because they're all kind of one shots. You can read them all separately. I hope Diablo keeps going with this team because it is Eisner worthy. And I don't throw that out very much, but... The art style is is amazing. Another definite art contender. Very realistic, very kind of Eric Powell looking, and some crazy sort of angles where just there where they would put your eye or camera is in some weird kind of shots of through ceilings and through these strange little holes and walls. But this Diablo house is disturbing, and there's it's told by this narrator that actually reminds me of my brother Bobby. He's kind of this very athletically built, fit. Um, kind of surfer guy with long kind of brownish blonde hair and with tattoos it just kind of reminds me of my brother Bobby hey Bob but he's always telling this tale and narrating to us a little bit of that breaking the fourth wall which I love and this is a sort of story of the nerd in, in from the 70s and he's just very much into pinball and even yes tied into that song from the who and <laughs> and you'll see how I don't want to totally spoil it but this is just kind of the story of a nerd that is just, you know, trying to be popular, trying to get the girl. His buddy gives him this how to pick up girls book. And I love the layout of some of the absolutely horrendous advice that they feels very real from the 70s book on how to pick up women, how to give, you know, backhanded compliments. And it's just it's hilarious. There's a section here you'll see it highlights certain pages of this make believe book, which I remember seeing a book very similar to this, being a child of the 70s. So it's very much steeped in realism. And the writer and the artist and the team just love that sort of Three's Company, bell-bottom 70s. It's very much here, and it's glorious stuff. Yes, the nerd goes into the Diablo house, makes some sort of deal. Doesn't end up being going really well for him, but there's a moment here where he uh, becomes popular. He starts this strange cult, and they even give sort of a breakdown of how you can start a cult and what the steps are. It's kind of horrifying. Uh, warning, there's a couple of very gratuitous nude scenes in here, just a couple of little panels, so uh, not not a major part of it. It it's, doesn't uh, take up all of the comic, and that's not what it's all about. It's just about these gruesome little mini tales of people that are trying to rise too quickly and take the shortcut in life and again delusions of grandeur and this is kind of how a david koresh or a cult leader would sort of start And there's a very realistic feel to that that's another reason why this is a top pick because uh, it's frighteningly real and a reflection of how some people are preyed upon by these cults and 
you get a little a little visit from Ronald Reagan, which is crazy. <laughs> but you have to see these strange panels, the way that they've done circular and rectangular angles with this strange sort of kind of um, dull edging gives the whole comic a very unique camera angled feel and yeah it uh, goes horribly wrong you are kind of rooting for this nerd to kind of do the right thing and rise up and be popular and get a girlfriend and you realize you know that he becomes this kind of evil cult leader but yeah what happens to him uh, is gruesome you gotta see it but it's such a fun ride um, they go to the San Diego Zoo which again looks very much like Three's Company just reminds me of that I used to watch that was a kid when I was a kid and enjoy it and I was too young to watch it and my mom would be like what are you watching this is like where he's supposed to be uh, uh, it's just you have to look it up three's company it's a, a titillating very kind of ahead of its time story but very kind of 70s and um but anyway check out diablo house it's great stuff and go all the way to the back read the bernie rights and tribute and check out that cool creepy frightening bonus page and yeah it ties into the who a little bit but coming in number two is southern bastards Issue number 18, coming in at number two, and it's writer Jason Aaron. Actually, this uh, is a switch in the team. It's kind of strange. Jason Aaron steps down off the writing, and the artist, Jason Latour, takes the writing realm, a helm, with art by Chris Bruner. So a little bit of a switch um, in how the team is usually designed, but hats off. This is, this is top-notch. This is where... Um, Earl Tubbs' daughter is uh, back from the Middle East, a desert storm. She's a, like a like a Green Beret, or a um, she's a she's a military badass, and she is going to try to avenge the death of her father that was beaten in the street by Coach Boss with his own large two by four that he carries around, very much in that uh, Walking Tall kind of movie feel. But he was killed with his own stick in the middle of the street, like issue two of Southern Bastards. So, um she's Rebecca Roberta is back she's in town she wants to avenge her father's death and she another torture scene yes you have to see that it's gritty it's gruesome it's over the top it's nuts but this also shows a glimpse of Roberta and how she was raised in this in this crazy backwards racist southern town and how they sort of dealt with that you know being of a, of a mixed uh, couple and it was, you know, in, in the South back then, a long time ago. So definitely hand, takes and handles some very uh, modern topics, you know, of racism and, and so on here. And I love that they show this strange dog, these dogs in town with these red eyes. Like, they're the sort of only supernatural aspect to this comic is a strange pack of red-eyed dogs that are that follow this sort of Pied Piper on a quad runner <laughs> that is this sort of... Um, kind of mentally challenged, mentally slow uh, young kid, but he is the Pied Piper of these strange red-eyed dogs that live through this town. I feel like that's building towards something. They've, they, Jason Aaron has sprinkled that in over time with these these strange red-eyed dogs from all the way to issue number one where it's just taking a dump near the town's main sign on the main road. That's your introduction to Southern Bastards, issue one, panel one. But... Oh, by the way, there's a crazy bonus page on this. Jason Aaron gets very, very personal talking about uh, a vasectomy that he had recently. So crazy little story there, very personal sort of touch. But I really enjoyed that, and I respect that. And thank you for sharing that information. There's some information that for people considering vasectomies may want to read upon. So look at it. <laughs> but this is Roberta torturing some, some hillbilly guys 
um, you know, back of the head AK-47s style torturing. And it's uh, it's she's gonna get the info she wants, or it's uh, going to that this person's going to ultimately meet their demise. She is all business. She is tough as nails. And I want to see her end a lot of people in this town. <laughs> That's what I hope happens. But Southern Masters is set in a very sort of realistic feel and vibe. And not everything goes so cookie cutter perfectly well. That is Southern Bastards. And it's also this very Friday, nights, Friday Night Lights feel. So if you like that, you like football, you like Friday Night Lights and games. It's just surrounded by these two towns that really hate each other and do some horrible things to each other for football. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But Southern Bastards, get it. Issue number one was definitely a solid, solid contender for the number one. But here we go now. The one that beat them all. The numero uno. Yes. This is a good, good comic. Surprising that it's been this high a pick. This has been a high pick before, but never the top pick. At least I don't think. And that is Rebels. These free and independent states. Issue number seven. This is our cover artist winner. Glorious, glorious cover art by Luca. Casalanguida, written by Brian Wood. And Brian Wood has this style of of long game writing, yes. Some people can get a little thrown off by that, but not me. He's right in my wheelhouse. I believe it's just the right amount of timing and spacing and pacing that really just keeps your interest. But this is ultimately a historical setting with sort of fictional characters. And this, I gotta read the little intro here. It says, in the Battle of Brooklyn, a massive army of Brits and Hessians forced General Washington and his ragtag army out of the city. But two siblings, recently orphaned children, do what's necessary to hold on to their farm. So it's like they're the very gateway to Brooklyn. And it's these two sort of maybe 13 and 14 year old kids. Um, Charlie and Rachel are their names. And I tell you, Luca's art here though beautifully captures... The historic, patriotic, nostalgic, American kind of feeling in Rebels. It's really something special, I gotta tell you. And Brian Wood really portrays this, this super harsh world of the late 1700s. I mean, in a very, just very precise feeling of authenticity. I mean, it's, it's glorious. And this story shows how this young 13-year-old boy fought through and traveled through like an 18-month battle in 1777, which is a real battle, to try to get to General Washington to tell him that he has a cache of gold. A ship sank in a in a lake river near him. And him and his sister were able to, to find out by diving down, it wasn't that far down, and finding this, this raw gold bullion and sort of stashing it and hiding it out. And they believe that if they gave that to the American forces fighting the Brits, that it would very much change the tone of the war. And so it's just, it's it's heartwarming to see the the like undying patriotic, patriotic feel of these two characters. It's just, it's just something glorious. There's these three or four redcoats that come kind of cruising through the town. And what happens to these redcoats? from these 13-year-old kids is surprisingly gruesome and brutal and has a very realistic feeling. They're fighting for their family's farm. Their parents died on this farm. Their parents had their blood, their sweat, and their tears in the very soil that makes up this farm, and they're going to fight and die for it if they have to. It's their legacy. You definitely feel that here. So do they make it? Do Does, does General Washington 
make his way to this farm that's really far from where they are. Well, uh, you know, they transportation it, just to get there alone uh, with this war going on in the late 1700s is, uh, you know, the War of Independence is, is, is nearly impossible. It's hard to get a mile down the street without battling the Brits. So it was just a one-shot story. A one it, it encapsulates everything you need in a full, complete comic. Get this issue. And they've all been fantastic. Issue 1 through 6 was an actual story arc of one character. And uh, 1 through 5. And 6 and 7 have just been single one-shots that have been phenomenal. So really, it's from Dark Horse Comics. Rebels, these free and independent states. Get it. It's just good stuff. Great storytelling paired with some amazing art. It's just... Hits on all cylinders. That's why it's the number one pick of the week. It was just so great to read. I even bought uh, an, an extra copy of it. I get that happy sometimes uh, when I buy it and I, I read it. And then I was like, I just need another one of these to maybe just give to someone. So maybe that, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe soon I'll give out my other copy. But Rebels, these free and independent states, issue number seven, the number one pick. There it is. Go get it. It is great, great stuff. Amazing comic book. So there you go. There you have it. That is the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 126. Let me lock the vault door. Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, September 27th. Go to a local comic book shop. Support a local comic book shop and buy these comics immediately. They're so worth your time. They're just, they'll bring you such joy. Trust me. If you have any questions, comments, or you want your own personal comic book recommendation, or maybe there's a comic out there that I'm missing, that I should be reading. There's so many. I do what I can to scour the earth to make sure I'm reading what interests me. But there's a lot of stuff out there you can easily miss, especially in the independent realm. It's hard to find it sometimes. So if you want a recommendation or you want to tell me to read something, just email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or, of course, hit me up on every bit of social media there is at sunspotscomics. Please check out our blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. I just recently wrote a Wonder Woman Blu-ray review. Check it out. It's there. And also sign up for our email newsletter. It is sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And tune in next week for issue number 127 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I'm going to be reading a list of 17 new comics for October 4th. And there's three new number ones. So 20 new comics I'll be reading, checking them out, reading them again, looking at them some more, and then recommending to you the best of the best to buy. And here's just a quick sneak peek into some of the awesome comic books coming out for next week's podcast for issue number 127 here they are in no particular order the walking dead 172 the unsound five of six star wars 37 i can't wait star wars has just been so good scar squadron is back and i love this elite stormtrooper team with one of them that has a green lightsaber yes check that out uh regression issue number five danny luckert art gorgeous gorgeous stuff pestilence number five that's this zombie tale in the year of our lord 1347 great great stuff can't wait to wait to read pestilence issue number five and journey to the star wars last jedi captain phasma issue number three of four seems like that's coming out every week I, I and i think two of them have been on my top pick list i think number one was the number one pick so go get captain phasma journey to star wars the last jedi it's coming out next week issue three of four so that's just a little glimpse into some of the stuff that's coming for next week. It's going to be a fan freaking tabulous week <laughs> of new comic books. So please subscribe, listen in, tell a nerdy loved one to check out sunspotscomics.com. If you missed any links that I happen to have mentioned, don't worry. I'll put them on the podcast show notes. So all I got to do is click on the picture of Sunspots Comics Podcast. But thank you really deeply from the deep recesses of my very heart 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something positive. I hope you went. I hope I inspired you to get some of these great comic books because it's worth your time and worth your money. But if you want to help me and give just a smidge back, just go to go to iTunes, search Sunspots Comics, go to reviews, give me a five star review with some positive words, and I'll read it here in a future podcast. I'll personally thank you and like. Uh, Melly B08, I will be mailing you out a little comic book thank you prize from me personally just for taking the time to write a little iTunes review. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll see you next week. Go ahead and spend some time with the ones you love, especially if they're nerdy. <laughs> so I'll see you next week, everybody. Be like water, my friends. Take care now. Bye-bye.